Wisconsin's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chad. Oil Kings at home to Portland tonight. Edmonton leading it 3-1 early in the second period. In the NHL, the Canadians hang on to beat the Washington Capitals 4-3. Boston out in front of Pittsburgh 5-1 late in the third period. San Jose and Colorado about to get started. Buffalo and Anaheim will play at the bottom of the clock. NBA action tonight. The Raptors taking on Minnesota. And, uh, of course, Matthew Panashik, I've closed the window with the NBA scores, so now I must delay, delay, delay. <laughs> oh, give me a second. I'm going to try to pull it up Can on my phone. Can we hire an inside sports host oh, who isn't clumsy? On. Toronto won 114-105. There we go. God. Uh, reports out today that the uh, Eskimos looking to sign Chris Getzlaff, receiver, away from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He's, he's a free agent. How about that? We would get somebody from Saskatchewan to come here. Wouldn't that be amazing? The Oilers news today. They called up Jujar Kara from the farm. They have traded Philip Larson, who's been in the KHL, to Vancouver for a fifth-round pick in 2017. You can get the full Todd McClellan media availability today by going to the story on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. All right, we are back with week number two of a very special new feature on Inside Sports. It's a luxury, and it's definitely a blessing to be able to play hockey and get paid to do that, so not many people get that opportunity. Inside Sports presents Living the Dream. How about that? We got an intro. Beautiful production, Reed. Beautiful. Dean Vince down in production, nailing it again. Yes, it is living the dream. We just kicked it off last week with a couple of guys, and uh, and we're going with it uh, again. This will be hockey players from uh, Edmonton and Northern Alberta who are in the game but not in the NHL. Spencer Pommels from Grand Prairie, played in the AJHL, played in the CIS with Windsor. He was CIS Player of the Year. He is now in the ECHL with the Rapid City Rush. Spencer, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Not too bad. Great to have you on the show, man. Tell us a little bit about life in, in Rapid City. This is, this is Rapid City. Are you in South Dakota? Yeah, Rapid City, South Dakota. So what's the vibe like there? Uh, it's been uh, it's been pretty cool. It's nice to get back out uh, towards the west. I was uh, in Ontario for school for four years, so a little bit of a different atmosphere than uh, South Dakota. It reminds me a lot of Calgary and Southern Alberta areas, so it's a little bit of more of a homey feel, and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Now, you grew up, uh, did you grow up mostly in Grand Prairie, or where did you live? Yeah, uh, yeah well, I, I grew up kind of around the age of 10 in high-level Alberta, and then Moved to Grand Prairie when I was 14, and I've kind of called uh, Grand Prairie home ever since. So I was able to build it for a few years, and then my family actually moved uh, to Grand Prairie about when I was 18. So um, Grand Prairie's home. My dad still lives in Edmonton, so I get to Edmonton quite a bit, and I have a lot of friends and family there. 
um, for my days of playing hockey in the Alberta Junior League. So that whole area is is uh, pretty much considered my home now. All right. Well, what is? Let me ask you this: What is Rapid City? Well, first of all, how how big is it? Compare is it kind of Grand Prairie sized, bigger, a little smaller? It's about the same size as Grand Prairie. Um, I'd probably say about the same. I think there's less people in Rapid City. Um, Grand Prairie is a pretty popular and booming area right now, and has been for the last few years. But uh, Rapid City reminds me quite a bit of Grand Prairie. It's very spaced out, and in uh, just the landscape reminds me of it as well. All right. Well, that, that's that's pretty cool. What uh, is, is it a city? Like, is there a college? Is there a is there a young vibe, or is it uh, you know what do you what do you do for 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 a good time if you want to go grab a meal or something? Yeah, Robertson is a little different from the other uh, the other towns in the ECHL. Um, we don't really have a, a big university or college here. I mean, there, there's one, but it's more of a private school. So. Um, the whole vibe and the atmosphere in Rapid City is a little bit older, a little bit more quiet. Um, I know our fan base is of the same variety. Uh, we don't have too many college nights or things like that that you see in other most places in the ECHL, but um, it's good. We've got a great fan base, a uh, very loyal fan base, but uh, for the most part, it's it's pretty quiet, and uh, we, don't get to, we don't get out too much just because we're constantly on the road, and when we're home, we're, we're busy doing promotions and practice and, and things like that. So. No, what is the, what is the travel like in the ECHL? Um, it's quite tasking. It's, uh, our division is the West, so uh, I think our division probably has the longest um, travel schedule of any of them. I know some of the cities in our conference are Alaska and uh, Salt Lake City, um, our closest is Colorado, so we spend quite a bit of time on the road. Um, for the most part, it is bus uh, as well. Some teams are fortunate enough to live by major airports, so they're able to fly a little more than other teams, but uh, for the most part, we bus, and, and the bus trips can be pretty long. I think the longest one we've had this year has been about 16 hours. So, Oh, geez. So you got to read a few books on that one then. <laughs> yeah, well, I probably should have. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Pommel is joining us tonight, living the dream on Inside Sports. He plays for the Rapid City Rush in the ECHL. You mentioned your time in the AJHL. You played for the St. Albert Steel, and then you went to the University of Windsor. What were your options like coming out of the AJHL? Were you also looking NCAA? How did CIS wind up being the choice? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a chaotic few months after my AJHL career. I know when you're playing in the AJHL, everyone's hoping for that Division One scholarship, and uh, I think I was I was kind of on the bubble to maybe get one, uh, maybe not, and I ended up not getting one. So once that kind of fell through, it was kind of a last-minute thing trying to find a place to play, and I wanted to continue hockey as, as much as I could, so I wanted to try and get into CIS, and... Um, I had my assistant coach, Sean Martin, in, in St. Albert. He was able to call a few teams, and Windsor was one of the ones that uh, I spoke with the most, and um, they, they offered me a position, so I, it was one I had to take, and um, it kind of it ended up turning out pretty well. Well, you you had some four pretty good seasons with, uh, with Windsor, and last year, 50 points in 27 games, and you were the CIS Player of the Year. That must have been a pretty cool honor. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was hard to imagine four years before that when I was looking for a school that the the options were pretty limited. To, to be able to win that award last year was a huge honor, and uh, be able to have my my family there too. Uh, the national tournament was in Halifax, so I was able to fly uh, my mom and my dad out and my sister, and and it was a 
was a pretty special experience that I know all of them uh, really took in and, and myself as well, just getting to spend it with my entire family. Well, and we should point out, you were also able to get uh, finish your degree at Windsor as well, weren't you? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm kind of in the middle of continuing school right now. Okay. Um, I, I definitely something I pride myself in is is my education. So I'm continuing it right now. I'm in the social work program. Hopefully, getting my master's here within the next year or two. So uh, again, that's something else that I, I try to stay focused on. Oh, well, awesome. Okay, so you got your your undergrad, and now you're continuing with, with your master's. How do you how do you find time? with all the hockey playing and traveling that, that you mentioned to keep the, the studies going, especially since you're doing the long-distance education thing? Yeah, that's been uh, that's probably been the hardest thing. Um, I think when, when I was in the CIS, it was very uh, laid, laid out for you. You had class times, you had practice, and then you only play games on weekend, on weekends. But um, here, it's we're constantly, like, we'll, we'll be on two-week-long road trips, but you got to find time to finish assignments and papers like that. So... It has been a, a bit of a stressful piece, but uh, the first first semester during the fall, I was able to kind of figure it out, and, and now I'm kind of in the middle of a, a different class with some different uh, assignments and whatnot. But I think just finding as much time as you can when you when you do have it, you got to take advantage of it, and that's uh, kind of what my focus has been. So, I mean, maybe, maybe this is a, a, a pretty broad question, but you're, you're clearly preparing yourself for for life after hockey, when, whenever that is. If you get a master's in social work, what would you see yourself doing? Um, well, I, I do have an ideal dream job. I, it's going to be kind of hard to do, I think, but uh, I would love to counsel athletes. So um, it, whether it's through a university or professional, often in the media we hear stories of professional athletes dealing with substance abuse or, or gambling addictions and, and athletes going broke that have made millions of dollars. It's, it, I believe it's it's part to do with always being focused on just the hockey piece and never really having somebody that they can talk to and, and advise them on what to, to what to do in different scenarios. Um, so that's kind of where my focus is. I want to be an athletic counselor someday, whether it's through a university or professional athletes. And uh, that's kind of where this social work uh, idea came up. And my master's as well will, will help me get to that. That's awesome. Spencer Pommel's joining us on Inside Sports. He's with the Rapid City Rush. He won CIS Player of the Year last year with the University of Windsor. And then uh, you were able to jump into the ECHL initially for a stint with the Florida Everblades, one of my favorite names uh, out there. How was, how was that transition from CIS to the ECHL? And, and let people know how you find a job in pro hockey once your CIS career is done. Yeah, um, I mean, the transition was very chaotic. It all happened within about a two-week span. I was at Nationals for hockey, and and then I had, uh, once we lost out, we ended up going home, and within two days, I was packed up heading down to Florida. Um, so the whole life piece is a bit of a jolt. You go from living in Canada, living in the United States, you have to deal with that whole international thing, and then plus the hockey is a huge adjustment. Um, it's not just the games. There's a bunch of stuff that goes on with it, the travel uh, the wear and tear on your body, the physicality of pro hockey, and the and the constant uh, need to be able to perform. Um, that was something that that took me by surprise, and and I, I was very happy that I did do it last year at the end of last year, coming as an amateur, just because it it uh, prepared me for this year in a different way that I would have been able to. Um, so yeah, just 
there, there's a whole bunch of things to go into it. That's something that I really learned. It's just not the on-ice product. There's so much behind-the-scenes work that uh, is required by a professional hockey player. All right, and, and you referenced early that, that uh, in Rapid City that includes community appearances and, and promotional stuff. Do you have a favorite story or maybe an interaction with a fan that, uh, that has, has stuck with you over your season there so far? Um, there's been, quite, there's been a, a lot of good ones. We do have a great fan base here. I think the one that's kind of stuck with me the most is uh, uh, two weeks ago we had a pink in the rink game. And um, the fans were able to come two days before on the ice and and uh, paint names of family members they've lost to cancer or, or family members that have had to battle through cancer. And uh, I lost my stepdad when I was uh, 14, and so I, I ended up going and putting his name on the ice. And when I was out there, I had a couple of uh, a couple of fans come up to me and, and let me know that I gave their son a couple signed pucks in a jersey, and they said that uh, that really made his day. And so to see to see how they appreciated that and, and to be on the ice with them sharing that moment when they were going through a pretty pretty difficult time, that was probably the most uh, the most humbling experience I've had while being here. Wow, that's a great story, Spencer. Thanks for sharing that. I got one more for you, and this is a relatively new segment to the show, but I, I'm probably going to ask everybody that we feature this question. Um, I mean, yeah. you're, in the, you're in the ECHL. I, I'm sure, like most hockey players, you would love to play in the NHL someday but that may or may not happen. You mentioned you're trying to get your education. You mentioned the hours you got to spend on the bus. Why why keep playing? Why not just say, okay, I'm going to just keep going to school and join the workforce? What keeps you playing hockey? That's a great question. I think it's uh, – I mean, I've played hockey my entire life, and, and I've played in a lot of different places, and I've had a lot of great experiences with family and friends. And I think um, – I I do have a vision of what I want to do outside of hockey, and I think that part of that is helping me to realize how lucky I am to be playing hockey right now. And the experiences I'm getting play, playing in front of thousands of people on a Friday, Saturday night in Salt Lake City or Fort Wayne, Indiana, or you know, in, in Fort Myers, Florida, those types of experiences I think I'll, uh, I'll keep for the rest of my life. So. I want to try to make as many as I can while I can and, and uh, at the same time continue moving forward. Well, Spencer, that's that's a great attitude. Thanks so much for sharing your journey with us here on 630, Chad. Uh, when's your next game? Uh, we actually are hopping on the bus in about five hours to head 12 hours away in Quad City, uh, Iowa. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck in that one, Spencer. Let's keep in touch. Really appreciate your time. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Great stuff. Spencer Pommels are living the dream subject today. He's with the Rapid City Rush in the ECHL. Man, he told some great stories there. Awesome to have him on the show. We'll have Living the Dream on uh, every week here at Inside Sports through the rest of the hockey season. Thanks for tuning in. It is 8.20, of course, Inside Sports, presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey AMA Safety and Savings for your family. Oilers and Kings will have an abbreviated Inside Sports from 6 to 7. Face-off show at 7. The game against L.A. will start at 8.30. Uh, we're going to give away some tickets to see Theo Fleury in concert. He now has a band. So we'll ask a trivia question when we get back. You'll have to call in to 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Chet. Listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
It's 8.23. Here's the deal. We're giving away a pair of tickets to see Theo Fleury and his band at Century Casino on March 4th, 2016. I love how they put on this 2016, Matthew. Like, yeah, we're giving away tickets for a show in 2019. Hope you can make it. Uh, March 4th. That's what, like next Thursday? And then I have to read this. Theo is an Olympic gold medalist, former NHL superstar, seven-time NHL All-Star, best-selling author, and now the lead singer of Theo Fleury and the blank. I'm not giving you the blank. Honky Talk Records' debut release of I Am What I Am, a country album with Johnny Cash-esque rhythms, is out now. Theo is very excited about sharing his music. His album will allow his fans to truly know what he is about. He is striving to entertain and inspire. Uh, tickets on sale now, available at Century Casino and Ticketmaster. Doors at 7. All right, if you want to win these tickets, 780-496-0063. What is the name of Theo Fleury's band? This is this is a hard one. you got to be like a hardcore Theo Fleury fan. Theo Fleury and it's a, it's a four-word band name. We'll see if anybody's going to take a stab at it. All right. Also in the next half hour... Uh, I have a couple special guests standing by in studio. They're from Evil Roller Derby, and we're going to give away tickets to their bout. They're called bouts, right? Mm -hmm. That's on Saturday? All right. Well, we'll do that uh, in in the next half hour as well. It is 825. Uh, I just wanted to uh, get to a couple texts here at 63630. Dubes texting in saying uh, Spencer Pommels was a legend on the St. Albert Steel. Great guy. He's amazing with the youngsters. Well, and he's doing some uh, great work working towards his masters there while he's playing for the Rapid City Rush. The trade deadline coming up on Monday in the National Hockey League. We will have extended coverage that day. We'll sign on at 11 a.m. at the latest. If the Oilers trade somebody earlier in the day, we'll come on whenever. If they trade someone at like 6.10 in the morning, it'll be Halsey. Well, I'm telling you, they, uh, they just traded Normie Allman, and they're, they're getting back Jean Beliveau. It's unbelievable. So, but we'll start at 11 or earlier if the Oilers make a trade, and we'll go uh, till 2 or 3, till everything dies down. I'll be here. Rob Brown, Brendan Alwick, uh, Stoffer will be around. It'll be a lot of fun. And McClellan was, was asked today about changes and, and uh, more than just trades, he says. You know, that can happen in a lot of different ways. It, it, people just think trade. You know, this guy's going, changes are coming. We've got to get uh, players to change the way they play. And we've got to continue to do that as a coaching staff. Changes may come in the form of trade. Uh, but I do believe this is kind of that first, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel it. I think this is the first time where just about everybody on the team is uh, accessible. And... Uh, you know, I don't know if that's happened in the past. It's probably been a comfort zone with five, six extra guys, but um, losing is unacceptable and uh, changes may have to occur. So um, individual pride from now till the end of the year. Like if I'm, if I'm one of them, I'm setting individual goals and, and evaluating my game night in and night out. And um, I'm starting with myself and I'm looking at my line mates and, and growing it out into the team scenario. Once we're through the trade deadline, we'll sit down as a group and we'll uh, we'll set short-term goals. Um, we'll set an 18-game uh, goal scenario for ourselves and, and for individuals, and uh, that should keep us very motivated. All right, so 
sure, there might be changes to the roster. Some players need to change their approach to the game. you got to remember that as well. And he said it. Everybody's accessible. We're at the point where this team where I think only Connor McDavid is absolutely untradeable. I think Shirelli re may be reluctant to trade some of the other guys. But, again, it's probably not going to happen in the next five days. Could be an interesting summer. I see you're on the phone, Matthew. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Do we have a winner? We have a winner. Rob, after numerous incorrect guesses, knew that it was Theo Fleury and the Death Valley Rebels. So Rob is going to their show on March 4th, 2016 at Century Casino. Well, this is going to be a, a, a interesting segment coming up. I have in studio two athletes who go by the names Helon Keller and Scarstruck. We'll ask them where they got those. They are with Evil Roller Derby. That's next on Inside Sports. This is Justin Schultz from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. It's 833. Thanks for tuning in tonight. The Oil Kings rolling along at Rexall Place, leading Portland 4-1 late in the second period. NHL action tonight, courtesy the score app on my phone, not the very league's website. San Jose leads Colorado 1-0. Eight minutes left in the first. Buffalo and Ana Anaheim about to start. The Canadians held off Washington for a 4-3 win. And Boston beating up on the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-1 the final in that game. The Toronto Raptors win on home court 114-105 over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Reed Wilkins with you. Matthew Panaschik, our studio producer this evening. Matthew, if people want to listen to those Live in the Dream segments or any uh, of the other fine offerings from Inside Sports, what should they do? Just go to 630ched.com and look it up. <laughs> and go to the, also you can go to the Inside Sports page as well. We got a text here from Michael. He says, you have to get Brian Hall on sometimes. I want to hear his impression of you. That's a fair comment. A fair, I think mine of him Mine of, uh, my impression of him would be better than his of mine, but we will see. Well, this is going to be a fun half hour. I've been looking forward to this for the last uh, week or so because I have no idea what's, what's going to happen. I'm actually a little intimidated just by the <laughs> names of these guests. When I, when I reached out to this organization for guests, I said, and they said, we're going to have these two people come in. I said, could we get somebody with nicer names? And the <laughs> reply was, these are the nicest names we have, Reed. They are from Evil Roller Derby, located right here in Edmonton. First of all, Helon Keller. Keller, how's it going? Pretty good. And Scarstruck. Scarstruck, how are you? I'm good, thanks. All right. I got to ask you, first of all, uh, about the, the names um, themselves. How do you come up with them? How do you know it's not a duplicate? <laughs> do they have to be mean? <laughs> like, like yeah, Keller, I'll start with you. Um, there is a website where you can see all of the roller derby names uh, throughout the world. Um, however, since roller derby's grown so much, it's not updated as frequently anymore. Um, my name, I started in 2008, and it was just help from teammates in the league helping me come up with a name because I wasn't very creative. So, so, so you had <laughs> so you had some inf uh, inspiration. Yeah. Um, so, Scarstruck, does it is it encouraged that there is a little bit of menace to the name? Yeah, I think so. I think everyone 
when they try to decide a name wants something a little, you know, badass out there to try to intimidate the opponents. So So what's the most intimidating name in, in evil? One that you could at least say on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who do you think? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Huh? Like, are they all puns? Like, Helen Keller? That's it. The puns are encouraged. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm, so, what you, know, you could do is you could ask Gene Principe to help come up with the names. He always does the puns on Sportsnet, right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just as they're just like, who's Gene Principe? He's a local <laughs> yeah. legend. Uh, all right. So, th- this uh, Evil Roller Derby, how long has, has it been going? Uh, we started up in 2007. Um, so I joined the league about a year after it started. So you're close to an original member. Close yeah. to. Close yeah. to an original member. Now, what, uh, Keller, I'll start with you. Why did you want to join? What was what was the appeal of this for you? Um, I grew up playing hockey. I started playing hockey when I was five. I've played contact sports. I played a lot of box lacrosse, um, really anything I could get my hands on. I did a lot of rollerblading in my spare time. So this was kind of the natural fit in between there. I got to combine the rollerblading with contact and yeah, it's an adrenaline rush. So if it's relatively brand new at the time, though, I mean, how how did you find out about it? It must have been, I, I would imagine, maybe I'm wrong, but I would guess it was difficult at the time to generate some momentum, get people involved, all that kind of stuff. Right, yeah. There used to be only about, like, 8 to 10 people at a practice, so it was fairly small. I just heard word of mouth, actually. A friend of my mom's told me about it, and I showed up at practice with all the wrong gear from <laughs> Mishmash, from all the other sports I played, and I just kind of showed up not knowing at all what to expect, and luckily they were there to help me out. Now, Scarstruck, can, like, can I call you Scarzy for short? My, my teammates call me Scar. Scar, okay. No one calls me Scarstruck. Just the announcer at the games, I assume. Yes. Like yes. that when you when yes, you get a that's true. Mm-hmm. point. We'll we'll go over the rules a bit later. Well, uh, Scar, what about you? When did you join? What was the appeal for you? Um, I used to play ringette um, in high school and junior high, and then I quit for university. And then I was kind of looking for a sport to get back into because I really missed like the teamwork aspect, and I just missed you know sports. And then. My dad worked with a guy that played on the men's roller derby team, and he's like, oh, you should check it out because you have a skating background. And then I went, and then I saw people, like, on the skates going really fast, hitting each other, and I'm like, oh, that looks awesome. So, but but this is largely a, a female sport, is it not? Or are there are there men's teams? There are men's teams, but primarily female, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, it, it's it's often it's often running. It's been doing it's been doing really well in the city. Tell people, because look, I think everybody listening has probably heard of roller derby. It had kind of its little uh, peak there maybe in the in the 70s. There was actually a mm-hmm. televised league, and it's, you know, I think kind of maybe almost went away for a while, and now yeah. it seems to be, uh, have a really strong niche again. Let people know how, <laughs> how rough is it? How violent are these matches? Because they're called bouts. So are boxing matches That's called right. bouts. Yeah. So uh, how <laughs> so how so physical? How you know vi- well, thank you. Well, I am a I am a sportscaster. <laughs> I have a wide range of knowledge. We're going to do a high ally segment tomorrow. Uh, anyway, how what's the level of, of physicality and, and danger in these in these bouts? Um. Well, there's a lot like there's a lot of injuries and concussions, but like we try to take precautions to make sure you know we prevent those. So there's a lot of rules in place and uh proper equipment um but every time you go on the track yeah it's a risk that something might happen because you can hit 
almost anybody at any any time, can you right. not? Or am I exaggerating? Yeah. The hit yeah. styles though are similar to hockey. You have your hip checks and your shoulder checks. So you can't you're not supposed to be throwing punches or anything <laughs> and like so, that. So okay, so, so there's no elbowing right. or going low to somebody's knees or anything right, like that. Right. Okay. Um yeah, but other than that you can hit anyone that's within the pack at any time. And you, so you could easily hit an unsuspecting person then if they're oh, looking the, the wrong way. Oh, that's the best part, Does that hit have a name? Uh, just blindside. I don't know. <laughs> just the blindside. Yeah. Uh, what is the worst injury you two have, injuries you two have ever suffered? Uh, my injuries actually didn't start from roller derby, but I did have two knee surgeries recently. Uh, they were aggravated through roller derby, but they were primarily lacrosse and basketball. Okay. So you've never, Scar, have you ever been hurt in a match or in a practice? Yeah, um, when I was with our provincial team, I actually got injured in the final game. I broke my metacarpal bone, but I actually still finished the bout. So, but then when we drove back to Edmonton, I had to go straight to the emergency room. <laughs> so was that bracing a fall? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, I got okay. pretty. My position's a jammer, so I got hit pretty hard and went flying, and I just fell wrong on it and it broke. And oh. she drove all the way back from uh, Spokane. <laughs> before getting fixed. Wow, that's tough. That, yeah. That's awesome. Helen Keller and Scarstruck joining us on Inside Sports. They're with Evil Roller Derby, and I know you guys have a bout coming up this Saturday that we want to uh, we want to promote as well. Um, but you just mentioned a provincial team. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I mean, I think I want to make sure we communicate that. This isn't just a bunch of you getting together willy-nilly yeah. and saying, let's go hit each other. Right. It's highly organized to the point that the best athletes in the province get opportunities to play other elite teams and players. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, within our own league, we have three house teams, and then our traveling, our A team and our B team. And I think there's about five or six of us right now. Both of us here are on our provincial team as well. So there's tryouts held uh, for that one. We do a lot of traveling down to the States. Um, and there is a national team as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. So has, is anybody from EVIL on the national team? Um, I played 2011. I'm wow. the only one from Evil who played on the national team. So how many? Um, so so okay. So there's Evil. You got the three house league teams. So you'll play against each other. Right. Evil will travel around. Who are you you playing against? I mean, can you play Calgary? Can you play Red yeah. Deer? Or do you have to go far away? Yeah, we've we play Calgary. Um, Red Deer. There is not a team anymore, uh, but. Yeah, anyone. We could play anyone in the province, really, but we want to play people that are close in our rankings, so that means we do have to travel. But Calgary is a good competitor. Uh, Winnipeg's really close to us in rankings. Um, we're going actually to Seattle, not this weekend, but the weekend after, to compete in a big tournament. So we're going to play a team from Hawaii, um, some Seattle teams. So. so this is all over North America then right yeah. now? Yeah, it's all over the world, actually. Some of the top teams come out of Australia and England. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, but you're, are there smaller cities, smaller communities yeah. that have teams going now too? Mm -hmm. yeah. Where you would be ranked higher than them right, usually. We probably right. wouldn't play them, but maybe our B team would. Oh, yeah, and you have a B team. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is this was incredibly organized. Yeah, then. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's interesting stuff. Okay, so who's playing? Uh, tell you what, what's your favorite number, Keller? Nine. Caller number nine <laughs> seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is going to win how many tickets? Four. Four tickets. So Matthew, you have to get the name. And we'll give it to Evil, and the people will pick it up Saturday when and where? Uh, the doors open at 6, and the game starts at 7. The first whistle's at 7. Um, it's at the old Golf Dome there on 32nd Ave and 99th Street-ish. <laughs> right. 
Okay, yeah. so be there between six and seven on yeah, on, on and Saturday, seven. and yeah. you'll get to experience this sport if you haven't uh, experienced before. I think we got. I think that's the ninth one there, Matthew. If you want to grab that one. All right. Well, I want. I, do you guys have more time for me here? Because I'm I'm very interested in this, and I want to <laughs> give go more in depth into roller derby. Can you stick around? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Scarstruck and Helen Keller from Evil Roller Derby. It's eight forty four inside sports on six thirty. Jet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. The uh, Oilers have made a trade extremely minor. Philip Larson, who's in the KHL, goes to Vancouver for a fifth rounder in 2017. Maybe there'll be a concert we'll be giving tickets away to the same day of the 2017 draft. Who knows? Uh, Jujar Kara has been called up from the farm. Cassian was with Hall and Dreisaitl today. We will see if the lines stay that way. A couple of very special in-studio guests from Evil Roller Derby, Helen Keller and Scarstruck. Not their real names. I'm not allowed to know their real names. You guys looked a little upset when I asked <laughs> your real names when you when you came in. Those are their roller derby names. Uh, we've got a text here to 630-630. Hey, Reed, so excited to see you covering roller derby. I had the privilege of being a London roller girl when I worked in England. Our names weren't as aggressive, though. All clubs have their own style. After 13 years of figure skating and three years of rugby, I found roller derby was a perfect mix of both. That is from Slicky Toffee. Cool. She should come out. We're actually running fresh meat uh, programs for any new skaters on Thursday night. Oh, see, okay. I got to jump in there, Keller. When you call it a fresh meat program, (laughs) it implies that you are going to do this and and get injured. And that it's a a very, well, you mentioned it's physical, but that it's, it's very violent and violence is encouraged. And that the people doing it, often women, as we talked about it, must be... Uh, very violent and aggressive individuals. I wouldn't say violent. <laughs> yeah. I would say aggressive and competitive, maybe. Yeah, do violence you, a little harsh. Do you face any any stereotypes or funny looks or comments when maybe you meet someone new or a coworker and you say, yeah, for athletic stuff, for I do roller derby? Yeah, a lot of times when I tell people I do roller derby, they think that, yeah, I just like to fight, or a lot of times they think I might be a lesbian, because um, that was kind of the stereotypical past of roller derby, but it's actually evolved into a, a pretty serious sport, um, and it, although we do have, uh, like, um, star, like my derby name is Scarstruck, and actually when I play with my pr- provincial teams, we skate under our real last names, so the sport has kind of evolved a lot from what people think it is to a way more serious sport. So do you find yourself uh, explaining to people, as, as we were sort of talking about earlier, explaining to people how organized it is, how serious you take it, how, you know, you're coached and you have strat, like it's not just mm-hmm. random stuff going on out totally, there? Totally, yeah. Everyone brings up Skinny Mini Miller all the yeah. time and you have to explain like how much <laughs> the rules have changed since the 70s. So, Like Brent texted in, ask about Skinny Mini Miller, a roller go. derby star <laughs> from the 70s. And I have no idea who she is, but people always ask. I actually, uh, she came to one of our games when we played our first provincial bout against Team Saskatchewan and uh, we were out in Moose Jaw, I think, for that one. And she actually came up there, so I have a picture with Skinny Mini Miller. Okay, <laughs> so she's a legend of the sport. She is, yeah, somewhat, but... What do you find if, if someone comes to watch you for the first time? 
what kind of what kind of reactions do you usually get when you They're see them after the game? Confused about the rules. Okay, let's. That's a good point. Is it? Is it? Will it be difficult to explain the rules on radio? <laughs> Should um, we periscope this? We can do a, a quick, a shortened version <laughs> okay, that sure. doesn't have all the details. Um, so essentially, you have five skaters on each team on the track at a time. One skater from each team is the jammer, and your jammer scores the points. So your jammer gets one point for every set of the opponent's hips that she goes past um, and your goal obviously is to get the most amount of points All and the blockers in the pack um, you have to stay within a certain amount of feet of each other and you're playing um, offense and defense simultaneously the whole time so there's a lot of strategy. Okay so that, that's a good explanation basically somebody on your team the jammer has to skate past the members of the other team. Right. So you're yes. trying to prevent that by opening space for your own person and blocking space for them. Exactly. Right, okay. So, and you can hit the jammer if you want. It's not just the other blockers you can hit? Oh, yeah, you can. Okay. That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming the jammer, maybe I'm wrong here, would, would generally be a smaller, faster, more elusive skater? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Like, Scar's a jammer primarily. I'm more of a blocker, so you can tell body types are a little different for sure. Okay. All right, so those so those are the basic rules. So people come for the first time and they are like, "Why are who's doing what yeah, while you're skating around?" Right. Yeah. Okay, and there are penalties. Yeah. Now, if yes. you get a penalty, do you have to? Is it like hockey? You have to sit off, or you sit off for thirty seconds. Oh, so that's hurtful then, because you got one less person blocked. Definitely, yeah. Okay. And especially if the jammer has to go off because you're third, you're the point scorer. So. Well, then you can't score. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's definitely not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so when you guys have a, because uh, you guys came straight to the studio from a practice tonight, right? So what will, what will you, what will you work on? Is it all physical training? Is it s strategies? What, what's a typical practice? Uh, usually we start with a warm up, so we try to get some cardio and endurance training in there for the first half an hour, and then we'll do a lot of strategy work, like work on different plays, and then we'll maybe scrimmage for the end. Sometimes after we do more like mental. Um, strategies and um, like team building stuff so okay now who do you have for for coaches because it would seem to me you need people with the history in the sport is it is right. it ex-players who are coaching who, um, who's, who is it for our travel team right now we have two coaches one is a player and the other ones he's been coaching derby since it started in the city um, he knows just about everything there is and he coaches derby. the men's team <laughs> the men's national team um, he also coaches our provincial team, so he has lots of knowledge on the roller derby. So yeah. we're okay. really lucky. And then for practices, we also we have a training committee because obviously the coaches can't run every single practice. Uh, that's a lot to ask. We have three practices a week, so we have a training committee, and we take turns running practice. So this is a big time commitment then. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. When, when does the season run? <laughs> oh, <laughs> right now, well, for us playing on the provincial team, it doesn't like, stop. It doesn't stop. Uh, yeah. But for the rest of us, there's a Christmas break from – the month of December, and other than that, it's September to the end of June. Yeah. Oh, okay. Man, that's 10 months. That, yeah, it's a long... <laughs> that's intense. Could, could you do this professionally? No. Could you make a living or a semi-living doing this? Um, the only people who make a living doing it run a lot of boot camps, yeah. or they have their own skate shops, and they run different stuff out of their skate shops, but... But as an actual player, that's it's not, it's at, not at that level. No. no. Could happen, though. Yeah, and it's actually being considered for the 
2020 Olympics. So who knows? Oh, wow. Day, right? yeah. So you guys could be on the Canadian Olympic team. You never know. What's a typical final score? And there's probably a range. But, I mean, if you ask me a hockey score, I'd say, well, it's not going to be 9-8. Yeah. It might be fourth. What's a typical score? It's usually in about 150 range. Yeah. So a little more than a basketball game then. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's fascinating stuff. So again, tell people what's going on this weekend. Two of the house league teams are playing. What are the? Right. Well, I didn't ask you the names of the house league teams. So we have the Slice Girls playing the Las Pistolitas. The Slice Girls. Yes. Wow, that's great. And yeah. Keller's on the Slice Girls as well. Yeah. Okay. So I play on three teams. Right and now. what's the third team? Um, the third team Berserkers. is Berserkers, but they're not playing this weekend. Right. This okay. So we'll just be helping setting up everything, the bouts and stuff like that. Like the players will still be there because everyone. It takes the whole league to run the bout, right? So we'll be there selling beer, um, you know, answering questions. So. All right. So how, what's a what's a good crowd? How, if how many people came on Saturday, would you say okay, we're happy? Uh, last our last game was actually a big crowd and that was about 400 yeah. i would say okay. um average two 200. 200 roughly okay well that's not bad yeah. and it's like it's not like you're like you said you're not pulling in millions of dollars no. you're funding right. to keep it all going right mm-hmm. if anyone wants to sponsor us we are looking for sponsors <laughs> there you go you can email inside sports at 630 chad.com and uh, I'll, I'll pass along your uh, desire to sponsor evil roller derby you have a, you have a, uh, a website we, we do. do have a website and a Facebook page. E Ville Roller Derby.com. Right, yes. So E V I L L E Roller Derby.com. Now, are you guys profiled on this page? Can people go and look at all the scary names? There are, yeah. You can look up the team rosters, all the team. Everyone's on there. Okay. The only thing you have to worry about is we have a second older website that sometimes likes to pop up first, and it's not current. So make sure when you look at the schedule, it is the It's the 2016, 2016. one. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay, you don't want dates out of the past either, like we were referring <laughs> to. It. So could I get, a, like, an honorary roller derby name, or does that that that'd be off limits? We could maybe give you a Like name. Wicked Wilkie or something like that? Oh. Is that clever enough? Or? That's pretty funny. That's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep thinking. I'll keep thinking. How's that? All right. Uh, tell you what, we're, 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 uh, we're wrapping up here. Helen Keller and Scarstruck with us. I'll give you guys the, the, the final word. Is there anything uh, you would like people to know about roller derby that maybe we didn't co- cover? Um. Or maybe we covered it all? Just why check would out you, our... Why would you encourage... A person to get involved as an athlete. Uh, the community is great. It's mm-hmm. a super supportive, uh, just amazing people that you wouldn't meet otherwise. Um, and super competitive if you love to right. compete. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, athletic, competitive, great people. There's beer at the bouts if that's what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> I said as an athlete, not as a, not as a fan. I think it's like a pretty challenging sport. So like if anyone... Yeah, is wanting to try something different um, and really push their limits. Roller derby is it, right? Like, it's one of the most intense sports out there. So I think between the two of us, we've played just about everything else there is, yeah. and this is kind of where we landed. So <laughs> between the, the mental aspect while you're playing, like, offense, defense simultaneously, plus the athletic aspect, uh, skating and hitting and everything, it just it's all in one. Yeah. Awesome. Hope it goes great this uh, Saturday. All the best with the provincial team stuff. Thank Thanks for coming Thank in. Thanks. That is Helen Keller and Scarstruck from Evil Roller Derby. Great to have them in studio. You also heard from Spencer Pommels from the Rapid City Rush. 
He was our living the dream feature. Is it, are we playing this today already? I guess it's the last full Inside Sports of the Week. Jay Ball, the GM of FC Edmonton, was in studio. You heard from Kelly Rudy as well. Thank you so much to everybody who called in and texted. I know it's tough for the Oilers, everybody. Oh, Wilkie's always here to listen and, and talk. We'll get through it together. They play tomorrow, 7 o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 8.30. They are taking on the Los Angeles Kings. The studio producer this evening, Matthew Panashik. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. You